but I think that peak of we're just screaming at people on the other side, I think that's going to kind of, it'll still happen on Twitter, mm. but I think the majority of people just want to make things better for everybody. Just want to get better yes, for their family, right. for their community. Yes, and that's like, exactly right. Man, yeah, be happy if people from two different sides are talking. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. The phone number 818-253-1693 for those voice messages and also the email drdrewafterdark at gmail.com and I'm I'm laughing because last show Duncan Trussell was in here and he challenged me to ask people, uh, I'll explain after I introduce my guest. Uh, my guest today is Jamie Kilstein. The podcast is Advice Not Taken. The podcast website is advice, no, it's jamiekilsteinpodcast.com. Yes. You should go there to see the podcast and hear the podcast. I can also confirm what you were about to say about Duncan Trussell. He flagged me down in the parking lot to tell me. And he's like, are you doing Dr. Drew's <laughs> female orgasms? And then he just drove off. And I was like, bye, Duncan. So, so we we had someone call in who was multi-orgasmic female. And so I explained to them this whole phenomenon that um, some women are multi-orgasmic, some are not. Yeah. Those that are multi-orgasmic don't like any direct stimulation like oral sex. And most women need oral sex or some kind of direct yes. stimulation to have an orgasm, blah, that's blah, That's my ace. Yeah. I, I can only be with women that's who your, like that. That's your zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your jam. Yeah, it's my uh, all the dad <laughs> issues. Just validate me, validate me, validate me. Yeah. And there's a mid-zone, some women that sometimes can kind of go either way, but more reliably with direct stimulation. But anyway, I told him, I said, you know, all these years on Loveline, I was able to identify women who are multi multi orgasmic based on their laugh they have a unique That's laugh so and this wild. and this we had this this voice message came in and she was saying um, is there something about being multi orgasmic and guys making me laugh the way I laugh something about her laughter she was oh, associating right. with the orgasmic function and I said strange she should bring that up because I can tell. I, I can't describe it to you. I just know it when I hear it. Also, good for you. Like, with great power comes great responsibility, where you could just be whoring it up at bars, <laughs> being like, give me your laugh, and I can tell you how much I can make you come. And instead, you're still trying to help people. God bless you, <laughs> Dr. Thank Drew. you. Thank yes. you. It, yeah, it's, that's right. With great responsibility comes yeah. great, <laughs> great power, great responsibility. I, I could not possibly do that to people. But but I, what he suggested, and I thought was an interesting idea, yeah. was any of you ladies out there that are multi-orgasmic, <laughs> take recordings of of people making you laugh. Yeah. And let's get a whole string of this laughter together. And then Duncan wants to put it on sort of a waveform uh, yeah. <laughs> and see if, he can, see if he can be able to identify it in an app or something. What do you think, Zolo? Can we make that technology happen? I think we could figure it okay. out. <laughs> anyway, I just think it'd be interesting to have a whole little, even three or four series of, it's a unique laugh. I just know I want to hear it. That's so yeah. wild. Yeah, I, I, I want to. I want to come back for that. So keep an eye out for that, gentlemen. Duncan's going to put in some like MIDI song too. It's going to be get really weird. <laughs> He'll make a whole cartoon out of yep. it. Yep. Yep. So there we go. So, uh, so tell me about you. Tell me about the podcast first of all. Uh, so the podcast, uh, it's brand new. Uh, it's called Advice Not Taken with Jamie Kilstein because I feel like, great. at least with me, it's a great I'm, name. Thank you. Uh, I'm really good really good at giving advice whilst I am still making the same mistakes or fucking up. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, I really like self-help, but especially when you go down a YouTube rabbit hole, which I feel like I started doing that over COVID, like the week before COVID, literally the week before lockdown, uh, girlfriend and I broke up, cat died, lockdown. And I had never been single in my life. So oh, the wow. first time I was ever single, cause I was just codependent and just, if someone liked me, I'd be like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, uh, did not care what kind of laugh they had. I'm like, I'm in, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, and, uh, so the first time that I stopped diving into another relationship, my, I remember my dad was just like, you finally listened to me. And I'm like, no dad, it was God yeah. and a pandemic. Yes. Like that is what it stopped me from dating. Yeah. yeah. And so I started digging into all this self-help and personal development and Buddhism and spirituality and mm. psychedelics oh and all the, all the things. And uh, the one thing that always kind of made me feel dumb was when you would go to these self-help pages or these YouTube guys and they're just like, you know, I've been a billionaire CEO for 35 years. And I'm like, well, man, I have a studio apartment and I'm like right. barely holding on and just trying not to kill myself at this point. Mm. Or people who, you know, oh, you just go to Peru and do ayahuasca and then go in your cold plunge. Yeah. And so I like the idea of, because even when I was struggling, 
I would get messages on Instagram. I wouldn't even give advice. There were just days where I'm like, hey, man, today is really hard. You're not alone. Like, I'm you say po- that, I'm you say push that through. to other people. Yeah. Or you just announce it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would get more messages oh, for sure. just for sharing, not yes, even yes. anything tangible that they could do. And so. I'll tell you what, there's something really profound about that because, like you say, the bullshitters that have been making lots of money their whole life or fortunate enough to be able to worry about cold plunges and things yes. are really not. It, it, building community and sharing is the, the support is where you start that's in your what recovery. I, that's yeah. what I think. And so, I mean, and there's part of me that we're like five episodes in the podcast. I'm sure I will get imposter syndrome at some point, but it does really feel like, because, you know, when you're struggling, I don't know if you feel this way, but Sometimes you go, God, what am I doing hosting a self-help podcast if like I was so depressed yesterday, but then when I just share it and then I share the tools that I'm using and, and you forget because there were so many times when I was depressed or whenever I'm starting something new, like when I was in my 20s, I was a vegan and you automatically look up like celebrities who are vegan and you try to find people that you like that do the thing you want to do. And I feel that's the same way with depression. Like I just had my buddy, Tim Kennedy on the podcast, special forces, UFC fighter, like baddest dude on the planet. And he was just talking about when he used to be a complete shithead and infidelity and hating himself. And he still feels shame about that. And I was like, I feel shame about that stuff. You feel shame about that. You're like the toughest dude I know. And so, you know, for people who like me or for people who like him, I think hearing those things, like I like talking to my guests too about their struggles instead of us just lecturing sad people for yeah. like an hour. Well, very few people have gone through life without struggling, without having dark moments. And and most people who have made it through and grown beyond sort of value those moments too because there are things that they where they learn grit and they learn where they don't want to be anymore and they you know what they have to do to get out of it well i remember bert kreischer who we just saw shirtless in the lobby doing push-ups for instagram (laughs) he told me once i had an affair 10 years ago and it just completely derailed my life um because i was sort of like this like outspoken feminist liberal guy so Mm -hmm. it was a very like haha story Mm And I did Bert's podcast and he goes, one day you're going to look back on this and it's going to be a gift. And I said something along the lines of fuck you. Like, I know that's true. When I teach people jujitsu, stand up, like all the things, I know that's true that the best things come from uh, struggle. Right. And and fuck you. And fuck you. (laughs) Right. Right. But it just didn't feel like it. It just felt like it's just just a shameful, terrible thing. And now going back, like looking in the direction my life was going, like, dude, it would have been bad, Mm. you know? And maybe I'm not as successful as I would have been if I kept that streak going. Mm. Um, but I'm certainly happier. I'm certainly happier. Yeah. And so this really very interesting. I I, uh, I just did this thing where I had to go into the Wadi Rum Desert in Jordan and train with special ops. Oh wow! Okay. Me and fifteen other, you know, public people. Yeah. And we got our ass fucking handed yep. to us. But, <laughs> yeah. but you learn what these guys do, and it's just like breathtaking. I, I w- was one of my goals was to shine a light on how these guys, you know, what they have to go through. But it was like more than ever imagined. Right. Uh, but the point is not that. The point is. Most of the the ones I got to know, I got to know two of them, both had stories of extreme problems, yeah. like like things that they overcame. Uh, one was a, like a criminal, and uh, had and when he went to a recruiting office because he saw a movie where he learned about Navy SEALs and thought that would be cool. Wow! And the recruiters had to take him to court in two different states and say, give this one a chance. We're going to work with him. Wow. And he ended up being this amazing person. That's amazing. My name is Ramey Adelike. And then the other one was this guy that became severely depressed. Yeah. And uh, really was almost non-functional. And now is this, you know. See, it's weird because even I, who encourage people, hear those stories. And I think you always try to talk yourself out of, well, my story is different. Or like, but I'm shitty. Or why would people root for me? Or I'm too old. It's more that when you're in it, you can't imagine being out of it. Right. Right. It's just you're so in it. Yeah. And the, the moving forward, where it doesn't matter how many good things. When I went to therapy for the first time, she diagnosed me with PTSD, uh, complex PTSD from my childhood. And then, oh, my childhood? 
just all the things that make a comedian. <laughs> like, I mean, there was a ton. There was like substance abuse. There was in the home. Yeah, there was a ton of stuff. Was there physical abuse? No. Neglect? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, chaos yeah. and neglect. Chaos. Yeah. Um, complete chaos. It's why I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but then when I was an adult because of the whole affair scandal thing too. So I was like, I have PTSD twice uh, and I never went to war. I was never well, a special But that's what guy. tends to happen. It, the, the trauma in childhood, if you get a trauma as an adult, it activates the PTSD. Oh. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a really like shitty, docile superpower waiting to be activated. Yeah, it gets, and then, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So suddenly all the childhood stuff comes back. It just, it just like, yeah, just spools it up. I mean, trauma, I feel like, I think there are a lot of people who, especially men, who just think suck it up because they don't want to seem vulnerable or mm -hmm. broken or they want to be, you well, know. Well, there's also the way our brains work. We we naturally go towards moving away from the trauma and literally we actually wall it off biologically. Right. And so you're like, that doesn't bother me anymore. I don't think about it anymore. Right. I'm away from it. And that's part of suck it up. Yes. I just, I just move past it. And then something will trigger it, right? And Correct. then it comes Cause, back. Because that, that part of your brain is still there needing attention. Right. And it will find a way to get attention. So what is what is kind of the move? Because I think, you know, you could take the Buddhism approach where you just go, I see it. I, I get it. <laughs> We're moving on. There's the, you know, because I'm very. You, you need to access that part of your brain. Yeah, I'm just like, I want to fix this. Yeah, you like, got to fix it. I don't want to just watch self-help videos no, just to watch it, it's, them. It's, it requires a lot of skill. Self-help videos won't do it. You have to wire a certain thing. And yeah. EMDR helps you get in there. I heard about that. Moshi-focused therapy can get you in there. There's ways to get in. Yeah. Certain kinds of. You just, you can't get there by normal ways. Yeah. You just don't go, your brain won't wire it. Well, man, and that was another reason I started the podcast is I feel, I kind of want to write about this where I, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, where the times I would really get depressed, like spiral, mm. are when you get depressed about being depressed, right? Sure. So be, because I'm focusing on it, or maybe I start to make progress. And I go, whatever the new thing is, oh man, this positive thinking is really working or, uh, you know, oh, it's got to do jujitsu more or whatever. And it seems like you're, you're making like a breakthrough mm -hmm. and then a shitty Instagram comment, like completely fucking derails you or a girl says no to a date or just something silly and seemingly trivial. Or when you're, you know, you re I remember the first time I read, it was probably like a Tony Robbins book or something just started at the basic you know, self-help. And I was reading about positive thinking and this is over COVID. And I was like, this is great. And uh, I was like, just think of something positive. And I swear to God, this is like not a bit. I couldn't think of anything positive to say in that moment. Mm. And then I started getting mad at myself for not being able to say something positive. And I just found myself just being like, don't be fucking stupid. Just say something positive, you idiot. Like, Beating and I'm getting, up. yeah. And I'm getting mad at myself. And so I feel like there are times where people get really inspired to go buy the self-help book or yeah. to go buy, watch the video or take the course. And then like three days later, when it doesn't work, you mm -hmm. feel almost more broken. Right, what's wrong with me? Yeah. So so humans don't make much change outside of an intersubjective experience. Mm. A human body has to be in the same space with you. Okay. For that, That's why we have a sponsor in 12-step. Yes. That's why we have therapists. It's, it, all of it is about two humans sharing this co-created thing we call a relationship yeah. and somebody skilled knowing how to move that other person into more material. So that, like a toxic rebound sex. No. What about it? That's not, that's not <laughs> a good not, one. Not All good right, one. therapy, fine, fine. Yes, fine, therapy. Fine. Uh, but, but, but what happens, you know, the, the way we're sort of our, our interpersonal maps, for lack of a better way of describing yeah. it, are lined up until somebody is there reworking them, you'll still join with the <sighs> that old man. So, much sense. Yeah, so yeah. that that toxic makeup sex will still be from the place right. of the fittedness of the yeah. old maps. Yep. The maps have to be sort of reworked. Yeah. And it's a wild thing because I've been thinking about this recently about you would think the maps are always good, right? Maps are always good. They lead you to a good place. No, like, they cause repetition compulsion. It's, it's just repetition. It's insane. So, and, and the part that people don't think about is there's motivational systems and attraction, right? What makes us motivated and attracted right. to certain situations and certain kinds of people? Well, trauma can do that. Yeah, well, and, and in, in our head, 
it's soulmates because that's what we're taught right like why does this this feel like a disney movie and it's like we're trauma bonding uh because it's very toxic and i should run um yeah you should have i god i almost feel like when i'm looking for a relationship i should be looking for mediocre sex and you know what i mean because it's like when things are too good too fast so you can do it there's one of two ways yeah which you're, you're right uh, so oh, so no. you either because we always tell people you have to go for butterflies, not lightning bolts. If if you're like if that. you're if you're what you're describing, yes, I am. So so I am I'm worse than what I'm describing. So so you can either go for lightning bolts, and it's going to be the same kind of person again. It's going to be the same catastrophe and the same yep. misery and the same heartache. But I can fix it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or you can go for something a little less exciting. But you can, you know, have a real relationship with that person. Yeah. Now, maybe. Now, if you're really in trouble, what you'll do is you'll get in and then sabotage it. Because yeah, real, because re- real closeness is not comfortable. <sighs> it feels too dangerous. So, uh, you, so that's one way of doing it. The other way is just get therapy and heal right. the trauma. It doesn't take that long. <laughs> no, no, and you'll no. find you. Um, you'll <laughs> find you, and you'll find yourself being attracted to and by very different people. Yeah, I was actually talking about this on my show the other day where I've been attracted, I think, to more masculine girls because I've been comfortable with the feminine side, being vulnerable, talking about my feelings. I haven't been as comfortable with the masculine side. So Of, of yourself. Of myself. So I haven't really had many, like, feminine girls. Um, it's been a lot of, like, oh, I'll just, I'll take care of the stuff and... Um, and 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 they would be uh, mean often, and I would be dainty. And so I think part of the part of what I'm trying to do is just build myself up into the person that I want to be first. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you that's interesting about that. So I don't want. I'm scared. I'm gonna like overcorrect, right? So before was you want to sleep with me? Let's do it. You want to move in? This is romantic, even though it's been a month. You're covered in red flags. Like that's my color. Like I would just be like in and yeah, making the same mistakes and and not seeing those paths, not knowing that you know when we make fun of people for not seeing red flags, it's actually our biological programming that's going. Hey, when you see this bad thing, that leads to sex, and sex is good. Right? right? Not not that you're attracted. You have lightning bolts. You're into it. Yes. You can't control yourself. So when you said, because this is so interesting, because I've been proud of myself, but I almost wonder if this is bad. I've been proud of myself for shutting, saying no a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I'm becoming like a born again Christian. That's a start. Yeah, I think so. But going to complete anorexia that's the flip side of the same and problem. that's what i'm nervous about yeah. and so when you said well, i forget how you phrased it but when you said sort of you're not looking for lightning bolts maybe a little more of a boring relationship a little more how do you what is that line because it's hard to, it's really hard yeah because you're so really used hard. to sparks and you don't yeah. want a boring relationship that's going to progressively get more boring and then you're going to there, there is an intermediate area There's yeah a, there is kind of an, it's hard to find because you're you're going all this way or all that way typically yeah but if you can find something that's like mm, there, there's things I like about that person. There's things I've been looking for that this person, and I kind of, I could imagine how many sex there I'm, I'm kind of attracted. Yeah. You might find that bears fruit. It might not. And I mean, you, just, might have, yeah. you might have to, you know, date and relate and sort of work your way through some of this stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because I'm either saying no to the dates entirely to work on myself, which I don't think is the worst thing, or when I see, before we sleep together, when I see one thing that I'm like, that's going to be a thing that I, I just yeah, bail because I assume it's not well, the it, one. You, you know, you've already said, you know, feminine and kind is, is sort of a unfamiliar territory for yeah. you, and you can go try that. There are right. a lot of kind people out there. I know. You don't notice them, but they're out there. Dude, <laughs> I, I went to church for the first time in my life this month, and I literally asked my buddy who brought me, I go, is everyone here just really sweet? Uh, yeah, that's going to drive you crazy, and and to be taken care of, probably don't like that either, right? Care- mm-hmm. 
partaking? No, I mean, on paper, it sounds great. But you're uncomfortable. Because I've been, I, yeah. I, I can barely take a compliment, yeah, yeah, man, let yeah, alone yeah. can I have someone like cook me something yes, yes. or. So that's kind of the zone you have to look for. It's sort right. of more somebody who's going to, you, you've like, whoa, that's, I wonder what that would feel like. To the, I feel like I need someone feminine to the point where I feel like it's sexist. Are you, are you fearful that you're going to hurt that person in some way if you don't continue in a relationship with them? Yes, now I am. That's yeah. before I, I feel I like it was that. codependent. I don't want to get hurt. No, now you're going to, like, if I let myself be with this kind of kind person, she's so kind. How do I, how I, do I get out? Of I've it? had breakup conversations. I'm 40. Yeah. I've had breakup conversations with girls I haven't even met on Instagram because we've been talking and it seems like there might be something and we go, we should meet. And then I would see something where I go, you know what? Either I'm not ready or you're more into it than I am. And I thought I was like being good by yeah. not ghosting yeah. or whatever. And then, so I would say, you know, hey, I don't think this is going to work. I don't want you to get, you know, hurt or whatever. Uh, and then they would get so upset that suddenly I'm just having the worst parts of a relationship without getting to have sex. And I, because so I feel so bad. But it really is codependency. It really is. Because you're you're taking care of that person before you even know them. Even know them. And B, give them the respect to take care of themselves. Uh, they can, they may even ask you to take care and of them. All of my girlfriends have said that where they've been like, dude, they're fucking grownups. If they say they just want to have sex with you, just have sex with them. If they say they want this, just do this. Yeah. But I'm just too... Yeah. And yeah. the thing about codependency too is you can talk yourself into, I'm just so nice. And it's not. I mean... Codependence, you remember, is a, and I'm a codependent. Yeah. It's kind of a narcissism. It, it is it's a kind of bit, right? It's a reverse narcissism, right? It's like I'm, I experience myself through other people and I'm so worried about other people and their feelings, but really it's my own feelings that I'm protecting. Right. I don't, I don't want to be upset hurting them or yeah. I don't want but, but them to. Also, you don't want to activate your pain yeah. by activating their pain. It's like I'm gonna know. go to a monastery. So, no, just get, get a therapy. Get a, get a proper therapy. <laughs> Fine, whatever. A good therapist. I'm sure they're out here. Yeah, you've been here a year. What's it been like? Um, therapy wise? No, no. Uh, just living in Austin. I like it a lot. Um, What's I, it like? Is there a lot of people dating and hanging out? And yeah, I mean, I. By the way, there's nothing wrong with just hanging out with people. By the way, you just learned what it feels like to break well, bread and so, share with somebody. Yeah, and, and I mean, I used to just. You know, I feel like with the dating apps, so many people, especially in their 30s, treat it like a full-time job. I know, yeah. Where it's just every night, it's a different date, and they're yeah. on like four different apps, and I just... Crazy. Yeah, and I, you know, you don't... I don't want to be the old judgmental man, but like I was talking to my brother the other day and I very earnestly said like, I just want to meet a girl at a bookstore. Like <laughs> that's what, that's my dream. Right. Yeah. And the thing is I have no problem everywhere I go. I will strike up conversations with strangers and sometimes they're girls and sometimes they're guys. Sometimes it's about their dogs. Um, I'm great talking to people afterwards. I'm just, I think cause this is the longest I've been without being in a relationship. And I mean, not even that long, like since March, uh, and then, I mean, it's only been like a month or two that I haven't had sex and, but you're, you're already in a panic a little bit. I'll be alone forever. I'll be alone forever. Well, yeah. Be, and I never felt that way because I could make these toxic decisions in between relationships. Right, right. So if I'm taking those off the table, if I'm taking off one night stand, Tinder hookup, stuff like that, and I'm just waiting for a relationship there's nothing to kind of fill that void. Yeah. I mean, right. there is. There's probably healthy things to fill that no, void. No, there, but it's, but you it's know what I mean? sitting in your feelings. Yeah, being alone. Yeah. yeah. And there are times when I love it, which is amazing. Like I've never, I never it's thought new, I would good. love being alone. Good. Um, like I don't wake up sad. I wake up happy. Mm. I go to bed happy. Good. There are times, you know, where I do a lot of things by myself. I love going to movies by myself. Mm. I think there's a real beauty in... Not owning being single as in like, I can fuck whoever I want, but like owning doing stuff by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I love going to the movies by myself. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite things to do. Um, but then there are times where I start to do the math and I go, God, I'm 40 and I want kids. Mm -hmm. And then what I don't want to do is, okay, I'm making healthy decisions with boundaries. I'm working on my codependency. I'm waiting for the right girl. I'm not just having sex to have sex. All of this is great. But then, you know, when you like, you don't want to do something so 
Like, I don't want to just snap because I'm horny and suddenly I end up marrying some like toxic. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I'm just careful. now I just want to rush get it. Therapy, get therapy. All right. Go to Alana, whatever you want. <laughs> however you want to do it. It's all oh, good. Dude, when I, though, I feel I dropped out of high school. I feel like the only test I've ever passed with flying colors was when I took the Al Anon thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's me. You're on 100%. Holiday. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, it, it's not uncommon, but it, 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 it can get the better of you, just like addiction can. I know. Let's do some. Let's do some emails here. Let's about do that, it. okay? Um, I'm just trying to think. I have other questions for you. For oh, you used to do political stuff too, right? I did. Are you still doing some of that stuff? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm like the guy that can go on. Uh, I'm still like center left, um, but I've actually been going on center left is right now. <laughs> yes, like well, because of that, I've been going on right wing shows uh. and like shocking i used to be someone who if you were slightly conservative i'm just like you're a nazi you're a bad person um and then when i moved to texas so to your question it's the first time i've started hanging out with conservatives who i didn't even know their political views from jujitsu from whatever some of the best people i've ever met some of the best uh fathers and moms and friends and people who have let me stay on their floor and like it made me go well if you're a person i respect Maybe I should just ask you why you believe this different thing than mm. I do politically. What have you learned? So much. Yeah. Um, I've learned that Twitter is pretty much just garbage people on both sides screaming at each other. Yep. And that the majority of people are in the middle. And they're good. Yeah. And they're good people. And they're they just want things to be better for everybody. Yes. That's all and, they want. And so we may disagree on how to get there economically, but if they are more fiscally conservative, it's not because they hate black people. No. It's because they believe in personal responsibility. No, they, and they believe that's that will how they're help gonna, them. You help. That's how to help. Them. Exactly. Yeah. And like, even they, now they believe it, you're hurting them by doing other yep. stuff. Yep. And yeah. I was, you know, I was really political under like my standup kind of took off under George Bush. So I just assumed every conservative just hated gay people, wanted to bomb Iraq. Right. And, especially nowadays, the major, and, and we're talking people I meet at church. We're talking, you know, the special forces guy, Tim Kennedy stuck up for gay people on my podcast and was like, I'm not going to stand for that shit. But you yeah. look at his Instagram and you go, this is like the most conservative guy in the world. The majority of people. Yeah, you're right. They're mixed. They're liberals who want to own guns or they're Republicans that don't care if gay people marry. Yeah. And People get so mad. I've lost plenty of fans for going on Glenn Beck's show or going on a conservative show. And, but man, the people I'm gaining, I'm gaining people who go, I don't even agree with you, but I like you. And when liberals get mad that I go on Glenn Beck, I go, this should be good news for you. It should it's, it's be like, it's like Christians being non-Christian. Yeah. It's like, what? It's just, you you want to infect Glenn Beck, don't you? You right. want to show him. I'm your... going to talk to millions of people yeah. and be like, "Hey, man, we don't need to, you know, go to a civil war. Not not all gay people want to groom your kid. You know, I've talked about Black Lives Matter. I've talked about all these things on these conservative shows. And by the way, the hosts have been awesome. They've been so receptive. We haven't gotten into fights. Um, when I call out liberals, Glenn Beck would always be like, "Yeah, and conservatives do this," and it's like, man, these are the conversations I we all need to have, want to have. Yeah. So I, I want to have him on the podcast just to talk about mental health and not to talk about politics at all because he's the, the in excesses of and, COVID. I think people are so tired of. I mean, there was really some horrible stuff going on. Yeah, and I, and, uh, and <laughs> there's got to be a reckoning to some of that. What I'm really counting on, I think people are gonna. I mean, who knows if Trump runs again? But I think that peak of we're just screaming at people on the other side i think that's gonna kind of it'll still happen on twitter mm. but i think the majority of people just want to make things better for everybody just want to get better yes, for their family right. for their community yes and that's like, exactly right man yeah be happy if people from two different sides are talking oh my god yes it's just it, and somehow trump did this to us too i feel like a lot of it yeah it, it may have started back with sort of obama derangement but then it became trump derangement yeah and then people just <laughs> Yeah. And it's weird to me to watch it because I'm right in the middle and I just like, I'm watching both sides go yep. lose their mind. I've started calling myself a bleeding heart centrist. Yeah. Because I can't even call, I myself, call myself a radical anymore. centrist. That's I like that. I mean. Yeah. And, you know, it politics itself is so, I mean, it's so narcissistic again. And when you, when you look at the way that, we treat each other online about everything that the fact that when there's a school shooting or a global pandemic, we're not like, Hey, we need to get the best minds on both sides to talk about this and figure out a solution. All we're trying to do. And it's the same with cancel culture. 
all we're trying to do is like, we just want to punish people and yeah. we just want to attack people yeah. when we should be holding people accountable, but we should be like rooting for redemption. Like, why don't we just try to make the world better instead of just decimating anyone we slightly disagree with, Exactly. which I used to do. Like, Oof. yeah. Well, when guillotines come out, everybody ends on the guillotine. That's it. That's the thing. Yep. So until you do what you're doing, it doesn't stop. Well, but remember, that happened because of my, like, if I'm being honest, like, that happened because of my rock bottom. I was the self-righteous yelly guy. Mm. I had the affair. Everyone went, ha, ha, ha. I went, oh, I'm fucked. Bert said, you'll be fine. And then years later, it's like, oh, now I figured it out 10 years later. Yeah. But I don't, man, like, if I didn't rock bottom out, I don't know. I hope I would have found this. Mm. But that's what it took for people, me. Still plenty of people like that out yeah. there. Yeah. But you're right. It, it'd be nice if people did. I don't know. You, it's a blessing what you've been through. Kind you, of. Could, you could be a model for other people, it seems to me. Thanks, man. All right. Let's go to some of the silliness of this show. You ready? We ready. have lots of emails. We have voice messages. Let's, let's do a voice message to start out. People can ask me crazy questions. And here we go. Hi, Hitler. Uh, Brandon here. Uh, so I was listening to this last episode, and you were talking about the amount of water to sodium ratio. So, like, if I consume, like, an ungodly amount of sodium, <laughs> like, I put salt on my salt kind of shit, uh, would it be a good thing to drink more water or what? Uh, usually my pish comes out pretty clear. Uh, pish? I just wanted pish. to know your recommendation. Uh, piss on me, beat me, and you bet I'm coming up in May. All these greetings we have here at your mom's house. So, <laughs> so, so, Brandon, uh, a young person doesn't really have to, your kidneys are very healthy. That you will handle your sodium loads. We used to take salt tablets when I was a kid playing oh, football. Right. They used to restrict our water intake. We used to give. We were given salt tablets, and none of us got renal failure. None of us got hypertension. If you were a 65 year old male with hypertension, it's a whole different story. If you had heart failure, if you had kidney disease. Very different story, but a young male can handle all this. But, you know, uh, sodium is considered a potential risk factor for hypertension, and over time you're going to have to handle that. And giving yourself more water just puts a more larger fluid load on your system, which, again, as a young person, you'll be fine. But um, kind of cut, cut your salt intake. Yeah, I would say anytime you call into a podcast and use the word ungodly amount of yeah, anything. Salt on salt. Yeah, you could probably take it down a notch. I'm a 21-year-old male from Norway with a cool question. Wherever I go for a run, especially high intensity, I tend to fart a lot. Last time I did intervals for an hour, I farted around 30 times. Also, every time I'm done running, my brown is more foul than usual, regardless of what I eat during the day. What's the deal, man? Do I need my bumhole touch? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. Um, Ta-ta there. Um, you know, you're, you're pushing. It. People that run long distances sometimes will take an enema beforehand. Because wow. stuff tends to move through and then get compressed into the into the colon. It's being you know that repetitive uh, com, uh, sort of uh, contact with the ground pushes things further down. And of course, you're being you're stimulated. Your colon is moving. Gas moves on through during that time. It's okay. You fart a lot. I don't know why this bad smell at the end necessarily, unless you're kind of getting an irritable bowel syndrome, like your bowel is being stimulated in some way from the running. I don't know, but. Um, nothing to worry about. I also want to give this guy props because I would use any excuse to stop running because I don't <laughs> like running. That if I was about to shit myself every time I ran, I'd be like just on the Good couch, enough. salt on salt. God's like, telling me yeah, something. Yeah, I'm done. Um, a 35-year-old female with low tolerance for THC, despite the fact I'm a daily smoker, I can smoke half a joint uh, and be thoroughly baked. My husband, however, a 30-year-old male, can take 1,000 milligrams of edibles and still function. The amount of THC at once would truly fuck me in a coma. Do you have any explanation for why? Well, the relationship with THC is extremely variable and highly genetically based. Um, some people can tolerate a lot of it and never have any adverse consequence. Some people take a little bit and it can uh, destroy their motivation. I, uh, I didn't know genetics had to do with Huge. it. Huge. Because I've been thinking about, I stopped drinking a couple months ago mm. and I always liked stone or like weed culture a little more than alcohol. alcohol yeah and just probably because the way i grew up and stuff but when i got older you know you hear like joe rogan he's like oh, i smoke and i throw kettlebells yeah. and then i write a new hour of stand-up and thing. you're just like holy shit dude yeah. and when i do it i'm every hacky stand-up joke i just will eat too much yeah. i'll fall asleep yeah. i'll get anxious yeah. edibles destroy me mm -hmm. and 
I mean, I'm even starting to wonder, not to like get you in trouble and go down this fucking hole, but like <laughs> there's part of me now that it's so accessible. And I mean, I used to have jokes about, and I'm, I'm very pro legalization and all this stuff, but I do wonder if people need to watch it because we got so used to arguing for the legality of it by saying it's not as dangerous as alcohol is not as dangerous as alcohol. I have plenty of comedy friends. I got plenty of jujitsu friends that could be doing so much more and so much better. And they're just turning into these sort of like numbed out stereotypes. And that's why like, I can't do it. I, you know, I think doing it before you go to bed, doing it, if you have certain issues, like, again, I'm for it. But I've also started to ask questions about it for the first time. Right. So uh, God bless you, because my greatest wish, I, I don't care whether it's legalized or not, but I want to have rational conversations about it. <sighs> I feel and like you can't. This you, is the first time I've said something about You can start to. You yeah. can start to. Um, we can have rational conversations about tobacco. We can have rational conversations. We can't have rational conversations about vaping for some reason, which right. is bizarre. <laughs> but uh, but tobacco, we can have rational conversations about alcohol. And we're beginning to start to have rational conversations about cannabis, yeah. which, by the way, is going to be brought to you by Big Tobacco soon enough. I mean, right. it's, it's big cannabis, big tobacco. Right. It's it's like everything else. It's just taking its position alongside alcohol. Yeah. It's not all good. It's not all bad. Some people have to be more careful than others. Some people have real consequences from it. Some people don't. Joe doesn't. Yeah. You know, your buddies in jiu-jitsu maybe do. And some people are get addicted and some people don't. And some people have the, the potency now is so high. Some people get psychotic without yeah. even realizing it's happening. To well, them. I think even saying that is important because if I'm, if I'm in my 20s and I'm suddenly smoking this much stronger strain that's legal much, and I'm buying like at a whatever. crazy stronger. And I've spent my entire life talking about legalization and all my friends are stoners. And how good it is. And it's, it's not just good for you, but they have all kinds of language around the, what do they call it? The, oh my gosh. Uh, they, have, they, have a, they have a language. It's like harm avoidance or oh, reduc sure. harm reduction or blah, 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 blah. They have a whole defense around I mean, it. Dude, I have never done Anything. My daughter's in recovery from cannabis. Really? Yep. Yeah. I. I mean, destroyed I destroyed her. I can see it because also every yep. time I would be like, you know what, I'm just gonna smoke at night. I would watch it creep. And again, I've given that argument so many times. It's not physically addictive, like you know, other drugs. Not, blah, not blah, blah. for not for a lot of people, but for some people, it really is. Well, also, it's like you can get addicted to anything. Like addiction is still, addiction is a genetic thing, yeah. and if you if it triggers your medial forebrain bundle sufficiently, you can start to get a problem with it. Yeah. Now, weed though, the good thing about weed is, in terms of its addiction, it it sometimes people can get it under control without treatment. Yeah, that, that's just true. They can kind of get it under control. Even when they're out of control, they can get it back in control without yeah. having to, not for my daughter, she had to do program. Yeah. She's deep in the program and it's been glorious for her. It's been wonderful to watch. But when she was in it, it was not so fun. Yeah, well, and the same thing, when you were talking about your daughter, I just thought about it, that happens with alcohol, whereas it's so, when it's so accepted. Right, um, right. You don't it, realize it's happening. It just, well, and your friends aren't gonna, you know, it's hard. Even like right. food's a really hard addiction, right? right. Uh, it's so hard, but everybody eats. Yeah. So people are gonna be like, come on, man, it's a birthday, have the cake. How about working you're... out excessively? That's yeah. a real common one. They get so much accolade for that and encouragement and they end up with exercise bulimia. I, I've got a whiff of that. Yeah, I, me too. Yeah. No, I absolutely do. There are times where I watch David Goggins' videos and I'm like, I'm motivated. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna be hard even though it's raining. Then there are other times where I watch David Goggins' video where I go, is that guy okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's does right, someone exactly. need to help David Goggins? <laughs> High school student, for a while now, my balls hurt, and they hurt so Hell much yeah. my asshole and lower back start to hurt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, dude, why don't we see a doctor about this? Lately, it's been <laughs> happening twice or three times a month. Is this guy, period, is it worth saying? Yes, please. Oh, my God. Please see a doctor. That could be anything from testicular cancer to epididymitis to prostatitis, a lot of different things. I think you're fine. Just keep writing into podcasts. Yeah, just keep saying, uh, <laughs> do I need to see a doctor? <laughs> right. oh my God. Go to a doctor. Let's, let's see another voice message. Give me a female if you can, because uh, we want to see if we have any more multi-orgasmic calls. Yeah. <laughs> Give me one sec to look okay. for one. Duncan kicks but the door back in. I know. Here he comes. I'm here. <laughs> Another one. Hi, Mommy. I am a 22-year-old female who just got diagnosed with HS. I can't even tell you the actual name of it, but I'm sure that you know. Um, I've tried doxycycline and a ton of other oral medications, but for the most part, yeah. this shit does not go away. I know. If you have any um, treatment plans that you would fucking know about or any doctors that you would recommend. Um, I live in New England and oh. for the most part, Dr. Drew, this shit is fucking ratchet and I, I don't want it anymore. I know. I'm sorry. So 
LMK. I'm coming up in May. Thank you. Deuces. <laughs> She's great. Um, look up Hydradnidus suprativa. We visited this a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a skin disorder. It's Hydradnidus. Hydradnidus. There it is. Uh, that's what it looks like in your armpits. It's a big oh, mess, man. bunch of boils. It gets down to the groin and, and around the crease of the, the connection with the legs and the abdomen. It's nasty. She's right. It is nasty. And let, let me let me say this. She's in New England. Yale Dermatology is very aggressive with um, these, these immune modulators. So one of the things that works for this condition is corticosteroids, anti-inflammatories, but you can't take corticosteroids all the time and they'll actually inject corticosteroids and things like that. But again, this is, that's not a long-term solution, but check out Yale Dermatology. They have a lot of real aggressive research going on with these immune modulators. And it seems to me that might be something that would be very effective for somebody that's desperate like this. Nasty, right? HS. She sounds right? very sweet. She's handling it like a champ. She is indeed. What else you got? Hey, Dr. Drew. Uh, this is Drew. Uh, I got a quick question about uh, being on a boat and seasickness. Mm. Uh, when I was younger and a kid, I was always fishing and going out of the boat. Mm. I never got seasick until recently I went out and uh, got back and felt like I was on the boat for another two, two and a half months. Um, constantly feeling the motion of the water, Yeah. constantly feeling nauseous. Uh, went away, but uh, I was wondering if there's anything to do with that. Do I have to get it checked out? Can I go on a boat again? Uh, keep them high and tight, and I'm coming up in a way. Bye. Okay, so that's that's not seasickness. That's essentially vertigo or ataxia, and that is something that needs an evaluation. It, it might be something in your middle ear. It might be something neurological, but you do need to see a doctor about it. Ideally, I'd start with probably ear, nose, and throat, an ear doctor, because sometimes there can be like a serous otitis or something where there's an imbalance between the vestibular systems on one side of the head versus the other, and it can once it's stimulated, it gives you this ongoing vertigo. Uh, but it does need further. It's not about seasickness. It's it's it was triggered by that, but it's something altogether different. Yeah, every time I get motion sickness, it's very oh, I did this to myself. Like I was raised in the '90s where parents were just lawless, and I would <laughs> they just handed me. I had something. It was called the throw up bucket, where it was just I sat in the station wagon, but there were chairs in the trunk that faced the other way. Yes, and they would just be like, "Jamie's just gonna throw up," so I hand him the throw up bucket, and then they'd strap me into the station wagon, Perfect. and the, I'd horrify the people behind us and just get violent. Sick oh my God, every it's, single it's a feral, feral parenting. Yeah, there was a lot of that in the seventies and eighties. Oh, kept going to the nineties for some people. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the point where you're like, wh where I'm now old enough where I realized having the cool mom just meant she was like an alcoholic. Right. Where I was she like, was, oh, what right. your mom didn't light her cigarette on the stove, yeah. you dork. Yeah, like, or she didn't let you drink at home with you right. with her. Dude, we would, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. yeah. We would, or we would just like, even when we were like 10, we would just be like, we're going to the woods for the weekend. They're like, if you see your dad, tell him he's in trouble. And oh that was kind of it. And then would come back that look, sh it was sort of like, oh um, I think parenting in like the old days was, you remember like, back before UFC was on sports center, yes. it was like illegal in most States. Yes. There were no rules. There were no weight classes. Right. It was when in the tank porn Abbott, room. Of, yes. Tank Abbott was one of the tank yeah. Abbott was parenting in the nineties. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, I knew tank a little bit. <laughs> Did he, you? Yeah. Oh man. What a, quite a dude. I'm sure. He's like, I fuck people up. I'm a bad guy. It's yeah. like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Things were, what happened to him? Was he good? I don't know. CTE or something. Where's he? Been? I mean, probably, um, well, yeah, I don't him and looking him up. Tank Abbott. And yeah. Adam, it, it was, there he is. Tito Ortiz became a politician. Right. That's right. Yeah. There's tank. Well, look at him. Was oh, that him with the old, with the white beard? Huh? <gasps> oh, oh my God. Look at him. I know where he was on January 6th. I can't believe that's him. Yeah. He looks totally different. I think of him as sort of the guy on the left here. Wow. I want to look him up. I bet his Twitter is wild. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he was a scary dude. That's more that where he was fat looking like Bert there. That, mm -hmm. No, the, the lower mm -hmm. picture, lower. That's where I knew him like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's. At least he's lost some weight. Sure. So good for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he also had screwed up teeth, as I recall. I wonder if he ever got that fixed. Anyway, um, so... We're wishing you the best, Tank. Yeah, the, that kind of parenting does not really exist so much anymore. In fact, you'd be arrested for it. The way yeah. Well, and I think about that, especially because I do want to have kids where it's like you have the modern parenting, and then I'm thrilled... 
I mean, I guess the trauma and stuff, <laughs> but like, I do like, I like some of the things I got from that, you know, and right. I, I would want my kids to be able to there, there adventure is a, there is a, and go into the woods. Yeah. And, there's a zone. There's a middle zone. There's a middle you, zone. Yeah, much like the political zone we were just talking exactly, about. Exactly. Yes. I'm a bit of a mess. Not trying to get out. I'm 25. My fiance is 35. We've been together for six years. I now caught him diddling himself in the bath. I had to pee and walked in on it. However, he's never done anything like this before. Parting I'm having a hard time getting over is that it was to women that he is friends with. Friends that are supposed to be gross and just friends. I feel I mean he was sort of looking at pictures of of their friends. You think that's what it was? I guess I don't know how she would have seen that unless she unless she like grilled, grabbed grilled his phone him on or something. It. Yeah. I tried bringing it up and it seems like crazy. It's he it seems like I'm crazy and I didn't see anything, but I know what I saw. How am I supposed to feel? Dude, do not worry about what your partners masturbate to. That's my basic advice. I mean, men will masturbate to, especially at that age. I mean, and and by the way, the other thing is what men look at is not necessarily what they want from a female partner. In other words, what's visually stimulating on a little tiny phone Maybe a little different than what he finds stimulating in a relationship. That's actually a really great point. I mean, you look at so much of the stuff that's popular on Pornhub and the amount of your boyfriends who are just like, man, I just really want like a gangbang with a bunch of stepsisters. It's probably not right. Right. If he's watching stepmom porn, you think he really likes the, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're watching stepmom porn, you put it on mute so you don't have to hear the weird, come on son. (laughs) And you're just like, all right, it's a hot kind of age appropriate lady. (laughs) Is what I do. Uh, That was interesting. What you said though. Um, Yeah. I, I would almost get more worried if, there were, you know, if she, he suddenly was just like every second, like Facebook messaging someone. From yes, work, that's totally different. That that's almost totally seems different. more like emotional cheating. If he if he was interacting with somebody as opposed to just looking at their picture, right? Very very. Because looking thing. at the picture, he might just be getting off on the fact that it's so forbidden. And yeah. that's the case. Yeah, or, or somebody the, that he's had a feeling about when he walked by. I wonder what it would be like, whatever. And it has a, right. finishes that fantasy. It's not really what he wants to do. That's a great point. Yeah. So here's a, this is, it looks like a full on your mom's house question to me. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm not yet 50, but I do love me some anal. 27 uh, year old female. Every time I do anal, I get white inside my hole. I get cramps with loose browns the next day. This only happens with a lot of white inside. If they, uh, Let's, could there be some sort of causation here? Am I suck superstitious thinking? Uh, I'm not quite sure what she's asking, except to say that she gets sort of irritable bowel when somebody ejaculates inside her. But she said she was into it. But she's into it. Okay. The question is, is is it should be? I, you know, if it really is stimulating some sort of crampy abdominal pain, why not have the guy put a condom on or something? Maybe. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's I've never really heard of that before, but if you're saying every time there's semen left behind, or maybe I don't have a good solution. To this that. is I why I'm a I'm a rare dude that's not not, I'm into, not, the into, anal. It. not into it. I get I get nervous. I've had some <laughs> rough experiences. It doesn't even like feel great. I think it is kind of that forbidden thing. Yeah. Um. But and again, that's just me projecting because I'm not into no, there it. Is, like, it's men that like that kind of thing, like the control and the forbidden, and they also like the that the women's open to whatever. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Say it. Say you like fucking my. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, and I'm just kind of like. Are you okay? Like, <laughs> I hurt you. you? I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I can't. I, I'm not. my pee pee. Do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Give, give me the hole that literally actually feels better for everybody. That's what I want. All right. So uh, let's hear some more voice messages. Then we'll go to some go to some uh, videos. Hey, Doctor Drew. This is Dominic from New Jersey. Dominic, I am Jersey. 29 years old. Long time listener. Thank First you. time caller. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about the effects of playing video games too much mm. in a childhood, <clears throat> during a childhood, sorry. I mean, as far as uh, losing the sense of reality yeah. sometimes yeah. when you uh, get older. <laughs> Nothing serious. Just wondering. All right. Uh, keep my eye tight. Yeah. So, Dominic, yeah, people get addicted to video games just like they get addicted to gambling and other things that can be immersive like this. The thing that worries me is if you had a long history of that kind of thing and uh, you lose your reality testing, I sometimes people that have sort of autistic spectrum mm. will really get drawn into this. And you, you you might have some autistic kinds of 
features. That's let's call it non-neuronormative. Let's put it that way. Those are all my fans. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't make you you know less than anybody else. It's just a, a quality that sort of predisposes to this kind of thing. I have noticed. So um, it's a nothing. I mean, I don't, you don't have to really worry about it. If you really lose your sense of reality, then you got to see a doctor about that for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think when I quit drinking, I didn't get drunk. I didn't have any rock bottoms. I've probably been drunk accidentally three times in the last couple years. I quit drinking because when I started doing stand-up again and the better it started going, I just was, I started thinking things like, Oh, I just want to do what the other comics do. And I'll have a drink or two before I go on stage. And I didn't like that that became a habit. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think that you don't have to have a full throttle problem to reel something in. Yes. That's and true. if you're playing video games and you're like, man, I don't like how this makes me feel. You're writing into Dr. Drew. It's a great point. There's no reason yes. not to pull it back a little bit or replace it. Right. It's like, okay, I play in the morning. I play at night. What if in the morning I go for a walk or what if I start jujitsu or what if I do something healthy um, instead and then see how that makes you feel. It's a great, great point. And, and to, to sort of jump on that further, Often people are very interested in being better and growing, and, and but they'll oftentimes have a blind spot in one area. Like uh -huh. they'll keep drinking, they'll keep smoking weed, or they'll keep playing video games. Yeah. Really put it all on the table and look at all of it as a potential avenue to growth. And alcohol is a poison. I mean, we just know alcohol is bad Literal for poison. Yeah, it's, it's the one drug we all abuse yep. that is carcinogenic to most tissue. Yep. The withdrawal can be fatal. It's just, it's really crazy that we use so much of it. Yeah, and then you have to look at the, the whys because so many people, so for drinking, I'm sure there's an equivalent for video games. Um, let's say video games, is, I just want to lose myself. Let's say for me with drinking, I just want confidence. You know, I got bummed out uh, I did shows in Syracuse and this girl wanted to go home with me and I didn't. And I was like, man, if I was drinking, I would have for no. a second. And then I was like, wait, no, those were two bad decisions. Yes. The one bad decision would have enabled the second bad decision. Yes. So why am I mad at that? Instead, I have to sit in this new discomfort mm -hmm. and I have to figure out like, what's the hole I'm trying to fill and then go find something healthy to do good for you well and i think that's a that, great example of doing something good for yourself but there is that it's second. never comfortable it's no, never comfortable there's that second where you go i would rather be playing video games and if something's pulling you that hard yeah then it's like kill that habit and, and by the way and then you also mentioned how you kind of beat yourself up sometimes don't beat yourself up if yeah. you if you do indulge it's okay it's progress, yeah. progress not perfection yes so, all right let's go to dan pena and political correctness this should be interesting yeah. But what I do believe is that unless <laughs> this guy, right? This guy, yeah. <laughs> wealth, you have fewer choices. I have a lot of choices, more than most people in this room, almost everybody in this room, because I've created wealth. You are making the mistake. You're trying to make a difference first, because that's politically correct. I believe with all my heart, and I just told Brian this is an announcement, an exclusive, that political correctness is a manifestation of lack of fucking self-esteem because you're all cunts. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things in my life, but I mean, a cunt's not one of them. Because you cunts all want everybody to love you. I don't want anybody to love me. I don't want anybody to even fucking like me. Do you think Donald Trump gives a shit what you think of him? Probably. Do you think Steve Jobs, when he was alive, gave a shit? Yeah. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg gives a shit? Definitely. Only you, we cunts, give a shit. <laughs> I love him. but but he, I briefly thought he wrote in a question to the show, like a video question, and I was like, oh, what the oh, hell is oh, happening? Dan Pena asked me a question. Do, uh, those definitions are everywhere. I think like 75 of that wasn't political correctness. Like That doesn't have to do with... Well, what he's saying is I, I've actually had these conversations with millennials okay. because they will say things like, you know, finding their ultimate job and their muse and it makes it different, all this stuff. And I go, and I brought up to them a few times, you know, if you just make a living and save some money, you can use that to make a difference. Right. You, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He has the freedom now to use his money to do stuff. Yes. Uh, I, I hope he didn't. He leaves out this piece where you shouldn't hurt or trample anybody along the way to making your money. Right. But but the the fact that they're putting 
you know, making a difference first, you can't really, it's hard to make a difference for you're in a position where you can. It's hard. You know, when you're a barrister, barista at a coffee shop, it's hard. I mean, yeah. you can make one person happy at a time and that, that's that's a big deal. It's important. Important. But if you have bigger ambitions, it's really hard to do that until you up the scale a ways and have some leadership or whatever, have some capacity to make a difference. Well, and then by the time you get there, having the willpower to actually make a <laughs> yeah, difference and not different. be so wrapped up in, in the money. That's and, a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. All right, let's look at uh, speeding. I'm not going to say this uh -oh. again. Whoever speeds down my grandma's street by our house needs to stop it. Oh. I'm trying to go to sleep. Please get these street racers off our... I'm afraid that guy might have something called micro, uh, microcephaly, something like that. Do you want to listen to the Stern Show at all? Uh, no, not in okay. a while. Uh, if you remember uh, Beetlejuice, do you remember that? Yes, guy? I do. This is like a milder version, kind of, that, of right? I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's also something called the Pierre Robin syndrome that his face kind of reminds me of. It's is there congenital disorder. So, oh. says so usual. I feel bad for these videos we yeah. watch. Uh, Shout out to his WWE poster. Yeah, he's I into think. the wrestling. Yeah, man. I, I am very into that as well. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what is that? What's so intriguing about that? It's I, I, I mean, missed that window. Well, I, I mean, probably similar to the video games. To be honest, it's male soap operas, superhero stuff. Yeah, it's superhero yeah. stuff where it's it's a way that. You know, guys get the drama and, you know, this guy's the hero. I, I I trained for a while. I trained with Dustin Rhodes. And essentially, every match you're telling, like, a story yes, yes. where it's you have the baby face and you have the heel. And the heel's going to do everything they can to cheat. And the audience, full of grown-ass <laughs> men, are going to boo. You can't do that. And the hero, just by being pure, just by <laughs> being a hero, is going to somehow try to find a way to persevere. And Except that's sometimes the story. they lose, right? And then later they win. Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and then they'll come back and sometimes bad guys, you know, uh, they come back and they turn good or, or yeah, someone yeah. will turn on their friend and then they're a bad guy and who, it's who, complete pandemonium. Who scripts these things? Who determines the stories? That's what I've always wondered. Uh, they have a writer's room at WWE. Wow. There are actually, there's an infamous story that Patrice O'Neill was very briefly hired by Vince McMahon who, you know, he's one of my favorite comics of all time and that didn't work out. But they have a writer's room in WWE and then AEW. And do they also script the, the way the fight's going to go? Like, the moves and things. So a lot, a lot of that they do on the fly, which is like the, the no fighters. Matter, the yes, fighters. Do no matter how fight. ridiculous you think it is, it's like those guys are. Cra I got hurt so much. No, I see. There, it's yeah. huge athleticism. I've done and these are big boys, and, yeah, and the huge, ring is huge. not soft. When I was yeah. a kid, yeah. I thought the ring was going to be like pillows. Yeah. The ropes are literal elevator wire. Yeah. So when you first go into the ring, you have like slashes across your back, wow. and then if you don't land right, it's it's like you're hitting your head on this. Like Oof. it's. Horrific jujitsu, real fighting that I've done for twenty years hurts so much less than pretend fighting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. One more. Look, looking for a big girl. What is this? Come oh. on now, beautiful. I'm looking for a plus size woman. Let's make it real. <laughs> a real motherfucker. I'm down for mine. I'm all about mine. Looking for love. Looking to be cuddled, held, treated like gold. Worship the ground you walk on. I'm your man. All right, good. Good. Yeah. Something for everybody. Knows what he wants. Yeah. Uh, the makes, me, the, makes me happy for the plus size girl he finds. The rocking is very intimidating. Yes. Back and well, forth. It's a little, um, that was a lot. A little unsettling. Yeah. But I think he's actually nervous. I think he's nervous to uh, oh, putting this out there. So it's okay. sort of a nerve thing. I was profiling uh, his face and I was like, he's just used to sitting on a rocking chair on the front porch, keeping Maybe. the colors away. Could be. Could, yeah. Oh, God. But that's See, that, that, that's back to your old that, biases. That was back again. to my old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I hope he finds her, man. I do too. Did I, he post that on TikTok or yeah. did it get reposted? He posted that. Oh, so he has a TikTok account. I mean, all right. Good for him. Hope he finds her. So where are we going as a country? Are we going to find our way out of all this? Are people going to be more like you and get back to the middle and pragmatism? And do yeah, I mean, I hope they do without having to have like a fucking affair. I <laughs> I think that yeah, I mean, I look at it. You know, there's a reason that from out of nowhere, if in the '80s you talked about meditation or mindfulness or green juice or any of that yeah. stuff, you would be hate crimed. Well, and you just I, wouldn't know what you wouldn't really. Or like, they wouldn't know what to do. Sense, yeah. But I think like that stuff has become so popular because we have become so physically unhealthy. Mm. So we suddenly needed that. You know, yeah. my dad downloaded the Calm app and, yeah. you know, 
that's crazy to me. And so I think with politics, I think there is going to be either what I'm scared of is you can go two ways. People are either going to become apathetic and completely check out, mm. which I've had phases of that. I don't yeah. read the news nearly as much as I, I mean, I, 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 I have trouble reading the news because the headlines are always so biased. I get pissed. They're so biased. There's, 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 there's already a story embedded in the headline. I go, well, I don't now I can't trust. This. Yeah. I mean, I just want the damn news, you know, not to, not to get on old Dan's cunt list, but <laughs> I do think that what I try to do is every day be mindful of your interactions with everybody. And I think that well, it's, it's, so be, all you can do is your immediate circle. I think your immediate so. Surroundings. Yeah. Yes, but also, you know, even your immediate surroundings, like they do, if you're kind to someone, the amount of times I've seen someone need help mm. and just people walk by, walk by, walk by, and I go, well, I guess I'm going to do it. And then you help them. And then suddenly you help them. And then other people Correct. come over. It's bystander effect. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you can do that with your everyday life. You can do that by not being on your phone when you go to Starbucks to get a coffee. You can do that by picking up a piece of trash. You can do that by, you know, diffusing someone on Twitter who's coming at you because uh, they politically, you know, disagree and, and, and you don't just fight back with them. Um, you can do that in so many ways and then that's going to pass on. They're going to then, in theory, like even when I do stand-up, I don't think I'm going to change anyone's mind necessarily. But what I do think is if everyone laughs at these political jokes, the next time someone in their circle goes, oh, all liberals are this or all, you know, conservatives, conservatives or that, they're gonna be like, I don't know, man, I saw that comic and we were all, and I talk about this on stage. It's like, hey, I know we all disagree politically and we all laugh together for an hour. And that is such an intimate setting that chances are if you turned on the lights and we talked, we could probably do that after an hour of laughing. So yes. I, I really do think that the more people just work on. Well, comedy back is an important thing. It's, yeah. I think Chappelle sort of did us a favor, kind of brought it back and, yeah. and gave well, permission to other comedians. Even look how contrary, you know, I used to watch Chappelle every night in New York City when I was starting, mm. and he was a darling of the left under George Bush. And now it's like the only people defending Chappelle are like Ben Shapiro. Like it's yeah, so, so wacky to watch that. Like yeah. what I think is everyone listen to this. If you spend your entire, if you spend your day being like, how can I create something? And it doesn't have to be art. It could be a conversation with a stranger. It could be whatever. Instead of just, how do I just like, fucking tear someone down. If yeah. you find yourself in the YouTube comment section, get off and learn the piano. Like yeah. just learn a skill, help people, text your friend. Like I I think that's how we do it. It's just individually if we all do it, if we all just try to be kind. Oh my god. I mean it's basic Jesus shit, right? Yes. Like if we all just yes. try to be nice. Yes, um, it's basic and lead stuff. with love, like that's it. It's all the cliches you no, see. That's exactly hundred percent right. I mean, Chappelle's a great example of. I mean, think about it. He he. People go. You've changed, man. He has not changed. Not at all. Not one bit. Nope. We have changed. Yep. And who likes him has changed. And by the way, those of you that decided you don't like him, try listening to him. I bet you like. Listen him. to the old stuff. And yeah. also, it's not that suddenly. It's not even people make it out like he just hates trans people. He has always been a comic. Comics have always been comics. That if you tell them not to talk about a certain thing. They should talk about they it. They are just going yeah. to quadruple but, but, down, but which should, may not be healthy. But most people were not. He, he in the middle of that last special, he said, you need to listen to what I'm saying. I know. And what he said was, I'm just making fun of you because we... Black men have always been at the bottom, yep. and you're you're overlooking. We're still there, yep. and you're claiming that territory that is really hard. something like that. He was saying, and I was like, "That's his point." Yeah, I'm going to make fun because we've been down here the whole time. Well, and this is the thing about when you watch people go after him or cancel culture in general. It's we stop making things and we just attack people who are making things. Yes, that's and, right. And you get off. Like again, yeah. when I used to attack people on Twitter, I mean, Glenn Beck, who I said, I go on his show now, I used to have on my resume, my resume was, I had like three blurbs. I had one from Rolling Stone, I had one from Robin Williams, and then I had Glenn Beck calling me a doofus. <laughs> and I just wore that with such pride where I'm like, ha ha, this guy hates me. Yeah. And then I talked to the guy and he's like, man, I, I, I push people too far to the right. And I was like, I push people too far to the left. And he's like, I struggle with addiction i'm like why haven't we been friends and now we're friends yeah. and but i used to get off on that and and you can get that 
endorphin rush when you yell at someone on Twitter or, you know, I also think it happens because people feel helpless. Mm. And if you feel helpless, if you feel helpless in your life, if you feel helpless with girls, if you feel helpless because of the political system, but then you can yell at Ted Cruz on Twitter. Right. Who doesn't want to yell at Ted Cruz on Twitter? I still want to yell at Ted Cruz on Twitter. And it makes you feel like you did something, but it's a fucking illusion. You didn't do anything. You just, you're sitting at a computer and you got some likes and retweets, but like, man, go outside and make a friend. And I swear to God, like you will feel yeah, it's much better. Sort of like a resentment. You take a poison and expecting it to kill the other person. That's exactly what it so, is. Yeah. Pleasure to get to know you. I'm so glad you came. This was uh, a blast. You're yeah, great. this was fun. This was a really good time. And uh, I got to do your podcast. I'm dying to do that. Please. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you the info. So I'm out here every so often. Uh, again, give them all the particulars. Where should they go? Uh, so you can follow me. Uh, I have the biggest following on Twitter, but guys, make me happy. Instagram's where I'm happy because uh, there are dog pictures and motivational uh, quotes. Uh, my Instagram is at the Jamie Kilstein. My Twitter K-A-L-S-T-E-I-N. is. K A L S T E I N. Yes. J A M I E. E-K-I-L-S-T-E-I-N. So it's the Jamie Kilstein on Instagram. It is at Jamie Kilstein on Twitter. Uh, if I have stand-up tour dates left, you can go to jamiekilstein.com slash tour. And then the podcast is called Advice Not Taken with Jamie Kilstein. Uh, jamiekilsteinpodcast.com for all those links or just look it up on iTunes and Spotify. Jamie Kilstein, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, brother. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.